This is Francis Widdowson. This is Benjamin Anderson. This is Dallas Alexander. I'm Alex Craner. This is Forrest Moretti. This is Chris Sims. This is Chris Barber, and you're listening to the Sean Newman Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, folks. Happy Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. Hey, uh, shout out to the Never Sweats. They had their hockey tournament this weekend. We put a team in, the brothers and I, and... Uh, um, well, along with uh, some some friends, uh, James. Shout out to to James Rogers, Mister Mister City Man himself here in town. Anyways, we we put together a team, played in the tournament. It was excellent. It was uh, uh, a ton of fun. The 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 finals, a three three shootout, uh, all the way to a shootout, and uh, we won in a shootout four three. So that was a that was a ton of fun, and it was an excellent game against Triton. Uh, I got to give. Props to, to both teams. I thought it was a one heck of a hockey game. Either way, that was my weekend. I got to play a little competitive hockey and uh, certainly enjoyed myself. And, uh, you know, um, yeah, it was a good weekend. Got to see um, a couple of college friends I haven't seen in a while. So shout out to Morrissey and Dan Mack. They uh, made the trip up to Lloyd Minster. And uh, we, well, we had some fun. And that's for sure. Reminisce about some good old days and all that good stuff. So it was, uh, it was an enjoyable weekend. So wherever you're at, hopefully you got to you know, enjoy some things as well. Uh, today's show brought to you by Canadians for Truth, their nonprofit organization consisting of Canadians who believe in honesty, integrity, and principled leadership in government, as well as the Canadian Bill of Rights, Charter of Rights and Freedoms, and the Rule of Just Laws. You might uh, have taken in their show on March 23rd. That's uh, Brian uh, Dennison. He was in Calgary. Their next one coming up is Dr. Paul Alexander in Red Deer, and they got Tamara Leach going to be doing two perform or not two performances two two shows i should say live uh, live shows uh and you can find all that information at canadiansfortruth.ca or uh certainly just uh head to their Facebook or, or social media and you can find ways to get tickets and all that good good stuff. Um, the team over at uh, Mitchco Environmental, Tyson and Tracy Mitchell, they're in the market for, I've been talking about this lots because once upon a time I did this, they're in the market for university college students uh, with a four-month position. It goes from May to August. And how about this for a number? You, over that span, you can make 20 grand, two zero. And more if if you're a go-getter, right? It's like, well, do you want student loans or don't you, right? You want to come home and uh, make <laughs> make some hay, fill those pockets up? I'm just saying. Give them a call, 780-214-4004, or go to mitchcocorp.ca. Uh, that's, once again, a four-month position starting May through August with the potential to earn 20-plus. I mean, that's, that's uh, well, that's what attracted me to. I mean, I think uh, any college kid that hears that number, it's entry level, right? It's not like you need a degree to do this. So, uh, uh, Profit River, Clay Smiley, the team over there, they specialize in importing firearms from the United States of America, pride themselves on uh, making the process as easy for all their customers as humanly possible. And I keep uh, reiterating, I don't know, in this world and day and age, uh, you want somebody on your team that knows uh, the ins and outs of all the laws and everything else that's going on. And, uh, you know, if you if you got a hunter or a sportsman in your life, uh, you can just buy them a gift card and they can use it from anywhere in Canada because they deal with all of Canada because they are the major retailer of firearms, opt optics, and accessories serving all of Canada. Just go to ProfitRiver.com. Windsor Plywood, team over uh, there, Carly Kloss and the team, they built, uh, they built the podcast studio table i had uh tanner and a day in here and i should have got a we should have talked about it right off the hop because he he was looking at it and you know like doing whatever every guest that comes in they kind of give it like a little rum like oh, 
this is something. So, you know, whether we're talking mantles, decks, windows, doors, sheds, or a podcast studio table, the team over at Windsor Plywood can certainly get you hooked up. Stop in today here in Lloydminster, although Windsor Plywood, you know, is is province-wide, well, nationwide, I think. I think they go across. Anyways, uh, the team here in Lloydminster is the one that's uh, been fantabulous to me, and certainly uh, this table has stood the test of time. Jeez, I, you know, it's like been four years of podcasting. You realize, like, it's going to be a, a full year of um, full-time podcasting here, April 1st. No April Fool's joke. Like, oh, I don't know where the time goes. Anyways, Windsor Plywood. Shout out to them, guys, because they were they were fantastic right in the early days of this thing. Gartner Management, if you're looking, uh, you know, if you're looking for a place to hang your hat, kind of like this guy, um, and you're needing a space, just give Wade Gartner a call. 780-808-5025. Now let's get on that tail of the tape brought to you by Hancock Petroleum. For the past 80 years, they've been an industry leader in bulk fuels, lubricants, methanol, and chemicals delivering to your farm, commercial, or oil field locations. For more information, visit them at HancockPetroleum.ca. He's the host of What's Up Canada and the creator of the platform LGM.News. I'm talking about Wayne Peters. So buckle up. Here we go. This is Wayne Peters, and you're listening to the Sean Newman Podcast. Welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast. I'm chuckling because uh, I've got Wayne Peters back on. Obviously, if you listen to uh, uh, Friday's recording of the previous Saturday's SMP Presents Legacy Media, Wayne was one of the speakers on stage, and uh, we've had our interactions now and everything else. Uh, first, I guess before I get to it, because I'm chuckling at how this this morning is going, but how's Wayne doing? Uh, kind of kind of going the same way as your morning. Uh, it was a really late night, a long drive, an early morning, and I uh, hit the ground running. So, uh, you know, the devil uh, keeps us uh, occupied when we're uh, scrambling, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is where I want to start, and this is why I'm chuckling so much, because, you know, I, I interviewed, um, I think you even, here's, here's the funny thing, I think you sent me Tanner's number, and he lives in the, yeah. like, right where I'm from, right? I'm like, yeah, I know who that, anyways. I was saying to Tanner on on Wednesday's episode 402, folks, and a lot of people have listened to that. And uh, uh, here's what I'll say. This is one of the texts I got. I can't believe I listened to a two and a half hour podcast on Jesus, and I'm eager to hear more. What a wild ride. Uh, Thanks for your platform, Sean. And I'll be the first to say I can't believe I did a two and a half hour talking about that. Um, But uh, since then, it's 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 it's. It's kind of been this like weird, you know, like normally I have things like, what did we talk about before you came on? I want to talk fifth gen warfare. Hope we get to it. I want to talk about what Wayne's seeing because Wayne is uh, on, I think, the edge of, you know, uh, some of the things he's staring at. I think that's really important. But then as soon just before I, I was waiting for you to come in, you know, I'm waiting for Wayne and I have a buddy text and he goes, uh, he asked about the Tanner podcast. So I sent him a text back and then he said, yeah, I think the Holy Spirit is moving. And your statement about Tanner, uh, with many of us feeling and thinking similarly, but thinking we are on an island. What is that? How many of us can have our souls and minds be getting tugged in similar directions? And then I responded back, and I was I want to get Wayne's thoughts on this, folks. Is I think just go back to the dark days of COVID, when you were unsure if we were the last hundred people on Earth with common sense, and even then you're like, maybe I should conform. And I put in bracket brackets, that's me. I I was like, maybe I should just conform. Maybe life will be easier if I conform. 
Then the convoy happens and you realize you're part of 10 million, probably more. When I think back to how alone we really were, like this isn't worth it anymore type thinking, that's alone, man. Now flip the script to, to sitting on the bed and allowing, and I, I'm telling a personal story, I guess I should, uh, of he, he was uh, so stressed. He, he sat on the bed and, he, and I said, whatever your word is to take control, that you were done struggling. And then he has, a, you know, like this spiritual experience, if you will. And I've had uh, a guy that comes to mind is uh, Spencer Boats, a young kid in Ottawa in his truck, talks about having God come to him in his semi, right? And I said, well, you'd think that that is an insane thing to think or to experience. Except, Wayne, we've been through COVID. And so now we're all sitting here going, so are we the hundred or are we half the planet? My guess is we're half the planet. So the question is, why is this subject so taboo wayne why is it so taboo because it is in fact a, a cornerstone of the fifth generational affair and uh, people fear what they don't understand so that's uh, a lot to do with this uh, discussion in the first place a lot of people don't understand christianity uh or they don't understand it fully that uh, um they don't understand the power that it has um and, and it's difficult to explain that unless you have a deep belief yourself and and i was smiling as you were talking about the the person that the, these people that have had these experiences i had my own experience exactly like that and for me it came immediately after the convoy in 2019 but Throughout searching for to try and explain that my own experience, because uh, I'm very pragmatic, that's kind of what drives me. If I don't understand something, I am a dog with a bone until I do, right? Um, so I was very, very curious about my own experience and that, and that led me to actually interviewing a bunch of street preachers and people that have had other experiences, you know, along this line. One particular story uh, really uh, blew me away. It was this fellow from uh, I, I don't I don't want to drop anything that's going to lead to people being found, but somebody that had spent many years fighting in the Middle East from the other side of the fence that we were on, particularly. Um, uh, I've seen videos of this man with 50 caliber machine guns. Uh, just uh, he was your prototypical Islamic badass. Wakes up in the middle of the night talking to Jesus goes and talks to his imam and uh, at the end of the day uh, they they were so afraid of this man that they tried to, to kill him and blow him up and he's now safely over here in north america but so profound these 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 uh experiences um that they are life-altering to an extreme as in that case there that i just shared um <clears throat> Mine was as extreme to me as anything I've ever felt when when I had my moment, and it would I can only describe it as my surrender. Um, and, and and since that moment, I think I've experienced a whole lot more of exactly those kinds of things. I think it's once that doorway opens, there's a there's an absolute connection, and and a lot of people use a lot of different ways to describe it, and I don't intend to offend offend anybody uh, in that, but uh, from to me, that that uh, a divine connection um, is known as God and Jesus and, and those kinds of things. And what I'm seeing out there is I'm really seeing uh, people retracting back to that. I'm seeing a, a, a revival of of faith in, in the unexplained. Um, and, and again, this is 
all a part of that war because the part of the fifth generational warfare is uh, a cultural war, informational war. And they are at war with us. And, and, and this is where we I started to get to before you decided to hang on. We'll, we'll do it on the show. Um, over here in North America, our, our cultures, our countries, our nations are uh, gods in the first sentence, right? I mean, we're nations under God. We uh, have pri built our nations under these uh, ideologies uh, and faith, which, you know, this Christian Judeo value system that we, we have here in North America has provided for one of the uh, most luxurious, wonderful life in human history. Life is more comfortable than it has ever been in human history. And as we've gotten more comfortable, these people have started to wage this culture war against us, which includes that foundation of our culture with our Christian Judeo beliefs, attempting to denigrate, remove that from our society. And they started on this decades ago. Um, it, it, when um, To me, this was a stunning a discovery when I found out that 20 years ago they were already the government of Canada was telling Christian preachers what they could and could not speak about from the pulpit. Um, that was a war on our culture, and it's gotten to the point where people have denounced God, they've denounced our society, they've denounced all of these value systems that created our society, and it's literally left us weak. And people are scrambling trying to figure out what's going on. Well. To me, I see this as the bottom line, is we have grown up in nations that are built on these Judeo-Christian values. Um, when we uh, stick to them, uh, we follow them, uh, life is good. The further we get removed from those values, the, the less... Uh, the less focus there is on uh, maintaining those values, hence the judicial system, the parliamentary system, everything becomes weaker and weaker and weaker. So this war on Christianity has left us you know, a splintered and fractured as to what our core basic values are as a nation. And the honest truth of it is, we lived off of you know a good life off of the fruits of those values. The further we get away from those values, uh, the further we get away from the fruits of those values. And people are, 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 I think, being drawn back to that understanding of the values and where it fits in there without really actually understanding it. You know, they're coming back to the understanding of that, but without understanding it. So people are, are, are very dear in the headlights with this because they don't really truly understand um, the Christianity, the, the, the faith. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with the, the war on Christianity, the war on the pastors, the churches uh, that's going on two decades, all a part of this uh, uh, fifth generation warfare, which is unconventional warfare. And it's it's interesting to me because what I was what I was trying to tell Tanner, and I don't know if I did a great job of it, but um, you now have a portion of the world that does not want to be told what to do or think. And it was always like that, but it is very very evident now, right? Like, I mean, there's just a group of people that you know are, are even if they weren't like that before COVID, they are now. Like, they, like it has molded them into people that you could have the answer, and they will think. What are you trying to do with that answer? All right. Like you're, you're, you're literally dehydrated. You're going to die. I have water. I don't know. Can I trust you? So one of the things uh, I think in the, in this subject is like, whether, uh, you know, it's, it's Christianity or, you know, there's like, just go around the world. There's all these different religions and, and uh, belief systems and structures and everything else, you know, and 
one of the things you cannot do to this population is tell them this is it. And uh, you can't, it's, it's, it puts my tail feathers up in a ruffle, right? Like uh, Christians want to say, this is it. You, you know where this is it. And it's like, hmm, believe me, I'm leaning. I'm leaning. But, I'm, but at the same token, you push me and I'm going to push back. And so it's a very interesting little subject, isn't it? Because once again, uh, Sean's been thinking like, <sighs> it's probably just something I need to talk more about, get more different people on, get more perspectives, everything else. Um, more so for my curiosity in my brain, because I, I look around and I go like, um, you know, you don't have to look further than our own country. And when you try and force a population to adopt your beliefs and they don't come to it willingly, well, I, I think of, you know, you get parts of what is uh, First Nations and, and their belief system being fractured and then them all trying to kind of find their way back to their core beliefs and everything. And people really, um, what am I trying to say here, really are attracted to their belief system and how they connect to the earth and things like that. And yet Christianity came in and tried, and I, some, listen, I'm, now I'm going to really blow the phone, you know, like uh, people are going to start texting again. It's just like, when you, for, what I'm trying to say is when you force people to do something against their will, even if you know it's the right answer, they, like, they won't agree, or they'll revolt, or they'll go against it. Like, uh, for me, at least, you need to find, you need to find your own path there. So... There's, there, there's these, there, there are these things that are inherently in our nature that we want, we try to deny, right? Uh, and, and and the reality of it is, is I can't uh, off the top of my head, or even probably even if I look, find a culture uh, present or past that did not have some sort of form of belief system. There has been thousands of gods, not just our god. So uh, throughout our human history, we are we are inherently wired to worship or to have some explanation to explain the unexplainable to let us uh, uh, sleep at night and it doesn't matter what it is that you uh, people will adopt something whether if it's not Christianity if it's not you know one of these other uh, religions then they will adopt something that will be their religion so we're back to the warfare if they eliminate God and faith well what ends up happening is the politics become their religion and that's kind of where where we're at we've been caught in this what I, I've been calling this for years a satanic lullaby and it doesn't matter what we believe, it matters that the enemy 100% believes in whatever their God is. Right now, it's alphabet soup or green climate or whatever the case might be. That is their faith. That is their religion. This is where we see this zealotry and this vehemence uh, and, and this, you know, uh, complete sacrifice to their faith. And their, I mean, these... <laughs> We're, th these these climate cult agendists are nearly at the kamikaze point for their own religion. Tell me that's not a, you know that that's not uh, you know the same level of of uh, connection to whatever that might be. And this this is where uh, people have been people with bad intentions have been manipulating uh, the faiths uh, to either confuse, alienate, or dis destroy any of the faiths so that ultimately people will gravitate to because you become what you're surrounded by. 
That is also human nature. Bar none, you will become what you're surrounded by. If there's no counterbalance of faith and knowledge and, and or anything, you will become that godless Borg. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, what did they say? Um, you know, surround yourself uh, with people who are better than you, for sure, but uh, people that are... are um, have your best interest at heart and things like that. And you become the sum of what your four, five closest uh, friends or confidants or whatever. And it's like, uh, that makes a lot of sense, honestly. Like, you know, it's one of those things. Uh, I mean, I, I, I worked in, in sales and my environments for years. And one of the little party favorite gigs that we used to do uh, would impress people. And, it, and it's not, it's just, it is. Uh, you take your five closest friends, you take their income, uh, annual income, and you write it down on a piece of paper and you write yours down. I guarantee you'd be bang on in the middle. Really? Yeah. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> I'm pretty sure uh, sitting here as a podcaster, I like to think I got to be right at the very bottom of my friend list on, on incomes, you know, sitting in the oil field uh being a little tiny podcast man but hey that i tell you what your your five closest associates not you know like the the people that you're you're, you're the closest to you'll, yeah, you'll yeah, find yeah. almost invariably you will be bang in the middle of it or to, perhaps to the bottom depending on how long you've been been connected but either which way the people at the top will come down to the middle and the people at the bottom will come up to the to, to the middle you know it's funny as we're sitting here talking so th this this chat folks you know uh it, Somebody said, uh, my, my chat with Tanner, uh, you know, like it was just like so refreshing to hear two people speak so openly about it. Right. I'm not comfortable in this conversation whatsoever. I want to, it's like, I'm comfortable because it's Wayne, but like, I'm talking about something that I know Jack squat about. I've talked, uh, openly about, like, I, I've started reading the Bible. I, I tried reading it from Genesis and I like my, it's not that it, it, it's not that it's like so boring, but it, it's it, honestly, folks, it's kind of like, whew, and uh, so I, you know, I started reading the New Testament and man, I tell you what, the New Testament, something else like uh, um, you listen to the words of Jesus. I mean, like the guy, it, like when I sit across in this studio, I was thinking about this. When I sit in this studio and I ask people used to ask, you know, who, if you could interview one person, who would you take? The amount of times Jesus came up and I was like, well, that's kind of a cop out. Like everybody would interview Jesus. It's like, well, you can actually go read his words, you know, you dumbass, Sean, right? It's like, so you start reading, you're like, oh, that's a profound thought. Like, that is that is something else, you know? And and, and it's, it's, it's funny. So anyways, where I'm trying to go with this is, you know, like, I, before we start this, I'm, I'm thinking about fifth gen warfare or whatever, and then I get a text, and then we read it off, right? And as we're sitting here, I never look at my phone because I don't want to interrupt the conversation. And I look down because it's flipped up because whatever. And it's another friend, and they've texted the five levels of of spiritual combat, and it's it's a it's a podcast with two guys on it that I'm sure I'll have to go take a listen to. And I'm like, hell, man, this is a strange world we've entered. <laughs> you you've entered the realm of uh, perpetual discussion without answers uh, from the human form, because all that we can do is interpret. We can't go back and ask the man, "What did you mean when you put this quip in there?" Right. So this is where you you get so many people that have spent decades or perhaps their entire lifetime having these discussions. And once you get into, into those discussions, it's never ending theological discussion from there. And I, I mean, you look at, uh, uh, I, I, I'm 
tend to watch a lot of archaeology, a lot of history, uh, a lot of research. That's just kind of always been my thing. And it's interesting to me to see the same debates about Christianity today as we're 100 years ago, as we're 200 years ago, as we're 500 years ago. Uh, we're still having the same discussions and making the same mistakes, by the way, right? <laughs> do, you think uh, this, do you think this is unusual? Well, maybe not. You know, you're probably right. But it feels like there's a huge chunk of the population that is very open to talking about. Well, look at me. I'm, I'm. If I represent, you know, a hundred people, and hundred people listen, represent another hundred. You just think like there's so many people that are open to the conversation. Where I, I'm not kidding to you, Wayne. Jesus, the word Jesus, probably. No less, well, uh, right before the Freedom Convoy, let's go a year and a half ago. Wasn't a swear word, but kind of had that connotation of you can't say it on live air. How many times, ladies and gentlemen, have I dropped the F-bomb and it, not, it just flows off the tongue? But I say the word Jesus up until now. And it's like, oh, I don't know. Do you're, you're, looking, you're looking for the, the apple to come, right? That's right. So it's like... What the heck, you know, like, is this, in your mind, is this something new or is this something that happened 1,500 years ago and 1,200 years ago and 1,000 years ago and it just keeps happening and we're just living an iteration of it? Uh, or do you think it's something different? From uh, from Jesus's time till now, uh, Christians have uh, been persecuted. And it's one of those things where, uh, to me, in my mind, uh, I think a lot of them have taken that to the extreme or if you're not, they, they feel like if you're not being persecuted, you're not a good Christian. Right. Um, and, and I've, uh, uh, wow. We are, we are definitely in the weeds from where we, you told me we were going to be Sean. Uh, <laughs> um, so this has been a, been something that I've been, been challenging people in their discussions for my whole life. My, I come from a, a family with deep faith backgrounds um, and uh, controversial as well. And in trying to solve some of these questions for myself, I spent 30 years studying faith, religion, uh, all different kinds, all of these things. And I, I've, I, I am completely at peace uh, with where I'm at, but I have come to, to that piece with understanding that there is a difference between faith and religion. Um, religion became a tool uh, hundreds and hundreds of years ago when um, the kings and lords realized that, wait a minute, these people that believe in something, they don't care about my standing armies. They don't care about this, that, or the other thing. They're going to do it anyways. So if they fear imaginary, what they call the imaginary being, uh, if we can control that fear, uh, uh, we can, uh, you know, eliminate our standing armies. So they built places, uh, buildings, so that they could get them all together and create a pattern and a system of governance through uh, uh, through fear of the, the religions and the face that they leveraged rather than having the expense of standing armies. So I think that there's uh, some translation that's lost over the evolution of, of time and history and space and that. And I'm always very cynical and critical, and I, I've, you know, confused myself probably more than I should have when I look at how many different Bibles are out there, and they do not all say the same thing. Uh, that creates more questions. Um, so at the end of the day, I came to basically down to the conclusion that religion 
is man's interpretation of what Jesus said and what the books say. We go to the to the churches and we hear some dude's interpretation. That's the dude's interpretation, the dude's words, not God's. It's still up to us to, to understand them. So for me, I have a very deep, very, very close relationship, but that's personal. That's between me and, and God and Jesus. And um, in a B-budget movie, I was set free, uh, a, a movie called Kingdom of Heaven, which is set in the Crusades, Orlando Bloom and Liam Neeson. You just and, went up in my father's books all over again. He loves the scene where he, he slaps him in the face and says, and this is so you'll never forget. Yes. <laughs> well, for me, uh, the uh, the one Templar Knight, uh, uh, Orlando Bloom's character's kind of ally and friend, Orlando Bloom says, I've lost my religion. And uh, this, this warrior uh, Templar Knight laughs at him and he says, you don't find your religion in, in your church. You don't find it on the Temple Mount. You find it in here and in your heart and in your actions every day. That is where, where your faith and religion is. It doesn't come from a, from, from a building. And that, that really uh, set me free from uh, being pressured, feeling pressured by the constraints of these people that, that were trying to tell me the only way I could be a good Christian was if I showed up in church every Sunday and dropped my, my little shekels in the bowl there. No, that, that, that never sat right with me. Um, I, 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 again, I, I, I don't, I'm not... I am not uh, qualified to discuss scripture, but I can, I can, I can talk about human nature. You know, it's, it's funny. Um, if we talked about COVID, Pete Wayne wouldn't go, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, it's like, but when we get into this, people are uncomfortable. It's, it's interesting to watch, you know, but I'm laughing because here's the, what I wrote at the bottom of my text. Okay. And this is just my thought. And you just said part of my thought. So I'm like, well, I mean, me and Wayne, this is just, I, I told you, I don't know where, like, I haven't studied this. I haven't looked into the history books for 2000 years and seen the, the similarities play out and have all the stories. But my initial thought was, my guess is over the course of a thousand years, things have been done in the name of Christianity, Jesus, and if we allow the other face, Allah, etc., that have put people in positions of power to realize faith created community and communities have a quiet power, even stoic maybe. So whether it's the devil, devil actively fighting God or it's the act of people in political seats going, we can't control a group of people who move as a unit, <laughs> I'm not sure. But one thing is clear to me, the world would like us to believe that, the, that if you have a spiritual experience, you're an outsider, which I think in, <laughs> is hogwash and will have its day. To me, like politics is all about pandering to different groups. Like you watch, take the, the conservative hero, Pierre Polyev. Instead of just being who he is and saying what is on his mind and being honest, everyone around him, everyone in politics says you can't do it that way. You do it that way, you lose because you're going to piss off this group and then you're going to piss off that group. And you're going to piss everybody off. And I'm like, yeah, but what he's doing is pissing off every group. Everybody's watching him and go pander to the Quebecers, then come over to Alberta and say they're the greatest and then go back to Ontario and say, we'll never do this. Meanwhile, he just said everybody can follow along for too long. They haven't, myself included right? Trudeau is no better. Actually, Trudeau is very much worse. But to me, it's like, um, once you realize there's this commonality of, of whether it's a hundred people in a community or 10,000 or a million, 
people in power that are trying to trying to do things, especially that is voted in a popularity contest, do things in order to control that. And then I just imagine you get an evil person that wants to rule the world or what have you, and you can see how that plays out. Play on it, people's deepest beliefs. It, it this is this is you've just in a nutshell described the the course of the last two thousand years of of uh, conflict. Uh, in no religion um, is warfare and mass extermination basically an accepted uh, a behavior. But yet, uh, through the annals of history, we have seen uh, how how many genocides and slaughters and murders in the name of religion. So to me, that's a a very significant distinction between religion and faith. If if you were faith, uh, you don't harm other people because some guy, you know, in fancy suits says you should, right? Uh, so this is a decree that uh, uh, every person of influence and power has sought to harness, control, or leverage since the beginning of the opportunity for them to do so. Um, it, 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 to me, uh, you know, the whole world is my church and every, every person in it, whether they agree with me or not, is uh, a, a creature of, of equal worth and value to us. And, uh, you know, whether we disagree or not, we may end up, you know, uh, you know, not liking each other, but at the end of the day, that doesn't change our value. And that is one of the things that, that um, sets you know, the difference between using faith and religion as a weapon of politics versus um, people that believe in a faith rather than a religion, a religion. If they believe in, you know, in a deeper faith that uh, outside of that control, it's going to be very difficult for them to be harnessed into that going and doing that, you know, taking part in that political conflict. So this is why, what they actually, I think, fear the most. So... Um, can you imagine what would happen if all of the religions of the world stopped fighting? What politic politician would ever have a chance to start a war? Because without the the, the following of the faithful, there would be no there would be no no war. Isn't that an interesting thought, Wayne? That's I mean, I don't even know what to say at the end of that. Right? Like, just these are <laughs> these are large questions. That I I think for you you know I I I wonder how many of an old man and an old man I'm going to put at seventy and I know that folks if you're seventy or sixty five I'm I'm just trying to put a number on it I'm not trying to say that you're 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 you know anyways you get the point how many people by that age have have pondered that thought and then how many on top of that have acted on it trying to and then how many have thought that you know, have gone through my my thought process on COVID, which is eventually you get to, I should just conform because it is, you know, it'll be an easier life. <laughs> like, I mean, that's a deep, you know, like one thing's to just argue if God is real or if Jesus is, is the way or, and things like that. And once again, we can go back and forth on this all night long. I, I literally have no expertise. I'm telling you people right now, like literally, I just started reading the New Testament a few days ago. I find it fascinating, uh, probably because I'm actually looking at it for the first time um, everywhere. I'm like actually reading the words, which people will get. And some people will be like, what does he mean by that? It's like, just take that approach and actually read it and, and, and see what comes of it anyways. But like, you wonder how many people towards the late stages, mid stages, wherever you're at, have actually thought about it. To the point where they're like, I wonder 
if it's futile to even try and broach going down that road. You ever watch a movie you really like repeatedly over and over and over again? Yes. And when you get to the seventh or eighth time, you're doing different stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, Heraclitus, I think of Heraclitus. No man ever, the, a man, no man ever enters the same river twice because the river is constantly changing and he is constantly changing. So you can read a book at 18 and then read it at 20. You've had different life experiences and now certain things speak to you. I'm reading a book right now that is pissing me off. Pardon the French because I don't know why it was suggested to me. It is, and I'm going to, I'm going to search it right quick here. It is this side of paradise by uh, Scott Fitzgerald. And I just keep listening to it. I'm like, why am I? Why am I? Why am I listening to this way? Like, why did somebody suggest it? And there's two things that have stuck out to me. There's a chapter on, in my opinion, the devil, and it was like the most fascinating chapter ever because it has no purpose of being in the book. I don't even know why it's in the book. He's literally coming home from the bar, and a guy in like, kind of like a leprechaun, I think, you know, with those like curled shoes. And like, kind of looks like a clown, maybe just follows him quietly and he's unnerved and he gets home and he looks in the window and you're like, okay. And, and nothing. That's it. You're like, hmm. you know, it's just the ghost of the darkness that chases us always. Right. You know, and, and one of the things that I wanted to, to, before we get too far away from that, uh, we've, so again, this is a result of the, uh, the the work of the fifth generation warfare. You talk about these people that uh, they they think, and then finally they they coalesce. Uh, they're beat down and they coalesce. That is literally the result of the cultural mindset that they've implemented on us. And you think back on our politics. Can you think of when it moved from politicians campaigning as to who could do the most for you, and that's who we voted for, to who is going to hurt us the least, and that's who we vote for? In fairness, Wayne, I, I you know, you, you know this. I don't think I paid, you know, like you get to vote, right? You get to vote at what, 18? And up until 30, I don't think I really paid attention. I just voted conservative. Like I just, like, and I know that that happens on both sides, liberal and conservative. There's, you're just wandering, you know, you should vote liberal. You're not paying attention to nothing. You're out there, you know. Living life in your 20s, they, like I, that's what's part of this side of paradise. That's why I'm so irritated by, by it, is it literally walks you through a man's life where he's chasing women and talking to women and trying, like, you know, thinks he's like this smart guy. And it just it just irritates me because probably I see a bunch of myself in it. It's like, huh, can we get to the part where he finally realizes he's a dumbass? Can we do that? I don't know if that ever happens. But um, anyways, you, you get the point. Uh, no, I can't remember where where politics changed i stare at our politics where pierre polyev is like asking the same question over and over and they just won't answer it and you understand i think that uh, at least now it's like if they answer it truthfully then the conservatives will take that and blast it everywhere on social media and they'll say this is who's leading you and they're weak and they're whatever and that is our politics and i hear old timers talk about a time where the official opposition and the leaders actually work together to solve problems. And I'm like, with the media, where did that go? And how do we get back there? How do we get back there, Wayne? Is it impossible? 
I, 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 I hope it's not impossible. Um, the, the, the challenges that we, ha we have though are, are so quantified and amplified, you know, it, it, and I think people are realizing slowly and at an ever increasing rate that if you keep voting for the lesser of the two evils sooner or later, all you have is pure evil still, no matter what, all you've got is evil. And, um, we've been living with this hope against hope that we'll get somebody that isn't evil. But at the end of the day, uh, they're still all playing with us because that's the rules. That's the rules that they've sworn to. So, uh, how do you beat uh, the other guy's evil? You have a little less evil. Um, nobody is campaigning on what they is is good. You know, it's all about we won't do this and we won't do that. We can't do that. And uh, can you imagine what it would be like if uh, somebody campaigned at that level saying, we're going to do this and we're going to do that instead of, we're not going to do this and we're not going to do that uh, because we're, they're, they're still all in, in, in the same in in the same sandbox at that point. And and to me, that comes a perfect perfect embodiment of that is I have this burning question uh, for Pierre Polivari. And and it's kind Am of I came a, a question just before you go. Burning question. Do I keep saying his name wrong? Pierre Polivari? Yeah, Polyev, Polyev. Uh, yeah, at this point, uh, doesn't matter. If, okay, if, carry if, on. If I'm messing it up, I hope he comes and challenges me for it because I've got a question for him. <laughs> Burn, burning question. What is the burning question? Pierre Polivari came out and said, "None of my ministers will attend World Economic Forum events." Um, Leslin Smith got uh, Leslin Lewis got slammed for being a conspiracy theorist talking about uh, World Economic Forum. Anybody else that has brought it up has been slammed as a conspiracy theorist for uh, talking about World Economic Forum. Any of those things. Pierre now says that none of his ministers will attend any of these events. Why, Pierre? Why can none of these people and why can nobody attend any of these events? Because you're not helping us out here. We're either conspiracy theorists, tinfoil hat wearers, or we're not. Now you're saying that they can't, so either we're right or you're not answering. So why? I want to know why, mm -hmm. specifically, why Pierre will say no to any of his members adding to the World Economic Forum. Do you think he's truly thought it out? No. Or he just went... These people believe that the WEF is the worst place on the earth, so we will say they can't go in order to pander to them just enough to get their vote. Pierre is as equally contracted to the World Economic Forum through the UNSDA and the Migration Compacts as Trudeau. The only thing that they are debating over is who gets the purse strings to tick off the attaboy list of these non-binding agreements that are non-binding to the UN, but 100% binding to us. I mean, they're locking us up in jail for it and throwing away to the key on these uh, 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 these amendments and laws and rules that they're implementing 
off of those lists. So why Pierre? Why Pierre will you will he not address any single thing when it comes to our concerns with this? Why will he not address the pandemic treaty? Why will he not address any of these uh, international ideological agreements that are, are absolutely uh, becoming the shackles of us individual Canadians and he's supposed to be there to defend us and all he can, can give us is no, they just can't go. Um, that's not enough. We, they have forced us to become far too educated. Um, there is, you know, I, if anybody hasn't heard Klaus Schwab, and we have penetrated the cabinets, we are most proud of the true liberal cabinet where we have more than half of the membership. Um, that's foreign inf infiltration, folks. Um, what are we doing? What the hell are we doing allowing this illegitimate government to implement foreign policies and the people that we are betting our hopes on is equally contractually obligated to it. This is the definition of insanity to me. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't, I don't know what to say. Once again, folks, I'm like, I'm sitting here, I listen to Wayne. I'm like, man, like, what do you say to that? Like, I, like does a new no conservative wants to hear a new party because what happens when a new party comes is it splits the conservatives because the conservatives are the ones who want it and the liberals are the ones that are they they just know what they're you know honestly is uh, then again you have the ndp and the ndp and the liberals kind of split votes as well i guess but you know you just like it's like I just feel like there's somebody, there's a way out there, and I feel like this is the most naive thought in the world that can just walk in, say it the way it is, address people's concerns, speak to people losing their mind and and, and be like, no, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this, we need blah, 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 blah. I don't know what blah, 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 blah is. And not be controlled by all the shackles that government is. or Or is it just our government? Because the other, you know, there probably is a person like that. And then people say the longer you're in government, the more you just get warped by it because you have to and blah, 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 you blah. Government you're surrounded so, by, right? Right. So <laughs> are we saying that uh, our current form of government, eventually it just has to change because it, it, you know, we continue to do the lesser form of evil, which means you add up over the years and you're you're getting to this place where, you know, uh, what, what did Tanner once say on stage? I want to say he said... Uh, the big laws give you freedom. The little ones take it away. And all we're at right now is all these little laws. We're at these little tiny rules that make zero sense, but it's like death by a thousand cuts. And we're so like, how do you abolish a whole bunch of stupid rules? I would assume you have somebody get in power and go, we're not doing that anymore, except then they get harassed because you can't do that. And you're overstepping your bounds and blah, blah, blah. So you're like, okay, so how do we, how do we, so I, I think it's it's simpler to explain, and it's actually too simple, and people, they don't want to accept it. Uh, Andrew Breitbart said that all politics runs downstream of culture. And it, the more I think about that, the more profoundly correct uh, uh, he is. So we've got all of these negative impacts on our, on our, on our culture, and uh, it's created this, this system where uh, we, as Canadians, think – so much like Americans, we believe that we are a nation ruled by the rule of law and order. 
We are not. We are a democracy, which means the rule of the mob. So ultimately, if you don't have the rule of law over the rule of the mob, you will invariably and inevitably always end up in a tyranny. Uh, because so, is the this, mob so is this why in Canada specifically they don't want us talking about, and I'm going to use faith. Honestly, I, I think I'm going to go right to that. Because if it is ruled by mob, which I actually agree with. I don't know why, when you put it so simply, it just snaps into my brain. It's like, so the reason you don't talk about faith and have people starting to align on faith, not on Christianity, folks, on faith. You're getting it. Because then friend. you'd bring, like, it, that's what Ottawa was. When you say it like that, I'm like, oh, there's a so, whole bunch of faith people coming together, seeing it for what it was, because we've been sold all these lies. So they don't want us talking about the things that matter. And what truly matters is these deep-seated beliefs. They take that all out. And that way you can't do... Because if it's just culture, then you, you could just be like, well, we don't want that anymore. Actually, you look at some of the COVID laws in Alberta, what happened? Or across Canada. They started removing them. Why? Because all the people were losing their shit. Literally, Canada is run by take your pick, Bugsy Malone or Al Capone, right? Um, this is this is how our government is literally run. The most popular mobster uh, gets the piece of paper, and a small group of people sit down and agree upon a set of rules and that they're going to enforce on the masses. Uh, at that point, that's the law, right? So we've elected gangsters. They've got uh, gotten together in their their little caves and they've uh, come up with laws uh, that now govern the people so we're we're literally at that's how our government and our democracy works but this is the the, the, the thing that I've been screaming right from the beginning of time history has proven to us that when the court of public opinion, has had enough said small group of people that uh, write their little words on a, a piece of paper and call them laws they ultimately get removed so it's the court of public opinion is ultimately the highest jurisdiction on the planet and when the court of public opinion starts to come together it doesn't necessarily have to be about faith um the netherlands is the, what's going on there is exactly that and that is what they feared the most out of the, the convoy in auto. If it would have been a Christian convention, they'd have had no fear of that. It be, but because this was such a broad spectrum coming together of, uh, of the court of public opinion and passing judgment on all of these things that were wrong, 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 um, that was probably the closest Canada has ever come to actually tipping the uh, pirate syndicate out of, uh, out of control. But the problem is, is that it, it, in my opinion, is that we don't have an action plan because most of us don't understand the uh, recognized jurisdictions of our country. Uh, I'm going to write. Oh. <laughs> I do this to you every time, Sean. <laughs> I don't know. Man, it's been an interesting little week here because I just have these little things that just seem to be, you know, you, you stare. You ever done a puzzle, Wayne, where it's like a thousand piece puzzle? My dad loves them. And uh, you can stare at it for hours and get nothing in. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, there's one, there's one, and there's one, and there's one, and there's one. And you're like, that has taken me. Why didn't I see that before? Now, a thousand piece puzzle might be a little bit much. But 
to me, one of the things I struggled with the most in COVID is we have laws. We have this document that says these are our rights. And we're not abiding by any of it. That makes zero sense. Except in our country, you're ruled by the mob. So if the mob says, yeah, 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 we got a piece of paper, but I mean, get vaccinated or whatever it is, then that's what we do. And actually, if you're an outsider thinking about this, if you're like rationally doing, not rationally, if you're doing fifth gen warfare, you see Canada and you go, man, this is easy. All we got to do is get them worked up so much that they don't realize they're tearing down their own constitution and like, you know, away we go. And I don't know what comes of that, but it's it's easy to infiltrate because they're just welcoming in, right? Just welcoming in. Just keep on coming. And we don't have where it's actually we don't do that because of these things. You can get as mad as you want, but here's our law. This is This is what it is. And you can't, you know, take away a person's faith because above that, it says God. And you're like, I don't think I fully understood that. Maybe I still don't, but I'm starting to. But one of the things that really drove me nuts was like, we have all these laws. Why aren't we doing them? Except we're ruled by the mob. And if you can control the mob, which you can never truly control a mob, you can influence. And if you can influence them in your direction, then all of a sudden you're right. We could take out a ton of laws that make zero sense in an immediate hurry, couldn't we? 100%. And this, this is where we have to have a, a better understanding because our history has been stolen from us. Uh, we have to have a better understanding of jurisdictions, uh, uh, on what jurisdictions apply to different situations, problems, crises, and solutions. Uh, is that a, 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 a competent jurisdiction to resolve the problem um the challenge that, that that's uh, we're up against and that uh, the enemy has leveraged to max capacity is that the wheels of justice only still turn from 10 to 4 monday to friday whereas uh the uh warfare wages 24 7 so the wheels of justice are going to take uh, you know 100 years to catch up uh to, to anything that we're dealing with now so we're going to have to decide uh do we want to wait for the mob uh the rulers of the mob to decide when we can have justice because they all wear the same tailor and none of them <laughs> <laughs> you know, every last person in politics uh, in a position of power, in my opinion, um, has the same tailor as Trudeau. Uh, so uh, at what point, do, <laughs> I, I, I'm such a cynical hu uh, sense of humor sometimes, at what point do we eat the king, right? <laughs> You know, uh, because you know this is this is literally in Netherlands history repeating itself. So I think Mr. Root better be careful on if he wants to live with his people or become a dinner for his people over there in the Netherlands. But I mean, all kidding aside, this this is all the 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 this dark agenda um, has triggered this uh, collective awareness to that there's there's this isn't right. Um, and and they're they're struggling and Canadians in particular we've never had to defend ourselves from ourselves we have no idea what uh, a coup looks like in Canada um, 
but you're right. The the people on with, with dark intentions see Canada as easy pickings, and Trudeau started it for him. Trudeau laid the first barrage when he came out and said Canadians have no core identity, and he would make us the first post nation state of the of the United Nations. And if we didn't like it, we would be replaced. We've all been sitting here like we got rocked uh, by the you know uh, Mike Tyson punch, trying to go. Uh, uh, where is our? What is our? core Canadian identity. I have seen our core Canadian identity displayed over and over and over and over and over again in the last five years, but we still struggling with, with owning it because our leaders said we don't have one, right? So we've got this lemming capitalism, this lemming politics that uh, tends to float along with the river as it goes, but more and more of us are realizing that this water smells very much badly, and um, it's at that point where they, they, they become very shattered on, on the things that we knew. It's a difficult point. It, it, our Canadian identity is the same as our personal identity. We, we process it the same way. We identify ourselves as a piece of garbage or, as, or as, a, as a great person. That's how we move forward. We will move forward with whatever we tell ourselves. We get what we tell ourselves. So the longer we stay in this paralysis, guessing when we're trying to figure out, oh, wait a minute, do I have a core? I have a core Canadian identity. I only have one homeland, and it is amazing. Uh, Canada is has, has, you know, so many unique talents, skill sets, people, uh, uniqueness that, that how could we not look at it as the, you know, this amazing place and that in itself is, is our identity. But, uh, we, we struggle with, with believing in ourselves as Canadians as well. And we tend to not, uh, get involved until we're absolutely forced and um, when we do, it's usually uh, has so far in our nation's short history worked in our favor. But the rest of the world notices because we are the last to react, they pay the most attention. And what happened in the Netherlands had an awful lot to do with what's been going on in Canada in the last couple of years um, as far as for inspiring those people to, I mean, if you look through the protests over there, there are so many Canadian flags over there. Um, we just need to find that same level of, uh, of focus anyway. do best to make sure we have none of, and that's that singular focus. Like we saw in Ottawa at the convoy. Yeah. One of the, I think we're finding that focus. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I was invited out to, uh, Wainwright to, to, um, facilitate a concerned citizens group uh shout out to shane and morley for inviting me to do that i, I you know, i'd never i'd never done it for um a concerned group before so i just take what i'd done with with you guys on stage this past weekend and then you know i was trying to like uh i don't know allow them to do whatever they want and i would just talk you know like uh, you want me to do it that way sure and they just kept saying no you do it your way you do it your way. You do it your way. You do it your way. Finally, I went, okay, I'll do it my way. And if you don't like it, I apologize. And I, I went and I did it almost identical on a, a smaller version is what I did at the SMP Presents. And um, what was really cool about it, Wayne, is they were focusing directly on bylaws, just bylaws. And I'm like, can we get a more boring subject? Like, I mean, like, honestly. And 
it was about an hour and 35 in, maybe less than that, an hour and 20 in, right? I'd given them, you know, uh, time for each one of them to speak, took a break, came back on. Sean had them all up on stage. Sean asked a couple questions. And by the time we're at an hour and change, I had nothing left because I'm like, I think you've laid it out perfectly. Here is the solution to bylaws. Get organized, have someone read it so you know what you're talking about and show up So in numbers and just say, we don't want this. And you have to keep showing up over and over again, but that's the focus. You have to be focused on what you're trying to do. And one of the things I would say about fifth gen is it's what Malone said when he came on, you know, when, when they started talking about Nord Stream and the fact like, oh man, this is bad for us. What happened? Aliens, uh, balloon, like just any story they could push out there, they pushed. And when we're sporadic and can't just focus in on the problem, it's hard to get a solution because all you do is talk. Think about, I think about COVID. I talked about COVID for like a hundred straight episodes and it slowly became like crystal clear what was wrong, but what's the solution? They just keep flooding you with stuff over and over and over again. And if we stare at 50 problems, you never solve one. If you lock in on one, it's like, it's pretty easy. And then you create the playbook and you share that along to the next community and the next community and the next community. And pretty soon, I'm not saying it can all go away because they're going to play back, you know, but uh, positive things can be done real fast. Well, to pull a little analogy out of my firefighting days, you know, if, 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 uh, if I was fighting a, a, a rig fire, a tank fire, and the valves are burnt out and uh, the, the weight of the fluid is pushing uh, the, the, the fluid out there, um, if I'm trying to fight the, this fire from the far edge of the lake, I will never be able to put the fire out until the uh, supply of the fluid has, has ceased. Um, but if I go to the source, the tap where it's coming out and feeding the lake of fire, and I start to put the fire out there, the the momentum of that carries through and puts out the the, the lake of fire, right? And and this is kind of where I'm looking at where we're at here now in the grand scheme of these things, and and you know, there's so many righteous fights out there. People are fighting, you know, for for the good all across the spectrum. But I wonder if any of those fights are going to matter if we don't pick one or two or three out of them to focus all of our energy on first. Uh, will the rest of them, will we ever get to finish those fights? I don't think so. That's kind of where I'm looking at here now uh, is, is what, and, and I, I would love to know from the people out there, what are the, the top three things that we need to collectively... I tell you what. Uh, folks, you heard Wayne's question, text, hit the text line and text me the three things you think we need to focus on. And I, I might, I might argue, let's dumb it down to two, right? Well, like, I, I, I would actually expand that. Uh, and this is uh, from experience of an, uh, of an exercise that I attended uh, in a stadium full of uh, 20,000 people. Everybody was given a pen and a paper and to write down their top uh, 10 biggest fears and their top 10 biggest desires on the other side of the page. Mm -hmm. And out of 20,000 people, they were almost all identical, but just in a slightly different order. Yeah, so you're talking data points. The more data points we have come in when we ask a question like this, then we can narrow in and see what everybody's talking about uh, 
I mean, in that case, they're all talking about the same thing. All right. How many do you want, Wayne? Because uh, I'm I'm putting it to the <laughs> listeners right now. How many of you want them text? I, I I'd be happy if anybody did it at all. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, with my community, I've never done this before, so I have no idea. But but I mean, I we're we're in a, we're in an exercise now, folks. You have the text number right in the show notes. Scroll down, click on it, and text how many things? How many you want? You have five. You five things. Five. If yeah. you can think of five or less. If you can't think of more than one, one. But if you can think up to five, anywhere in between. Text me uh, when you when you get to this point. I'm telling you, just pause it right now and do it. But we, we never do like we do this like once in a blue moon. And I'm going to push on everyone who's listening here. You have five fears or five things you think we need to tackle. Let's do it. Let's find out what they are. I'll share it with Wayne, and then maybe we can have a follow up conversation on it. Why not? Like uh, instead of just you know meandering through the darkness and hoping we stumble on the answer, let's get to what people really want. Yeah, it's kind of, and this kind of just really came came to me in the moment. Is you know, every one of us is fighting the most important fight of our lives, but are we fighting the most important fight for the world or for our species? That isn't always the same answer. Hmm. Hmm. For the world or for our species? Or elaborate. Our even. Elab um, elaborate on well, that just a smidge. Just just to pick something, uh, so somebody is fighting uh, the, say, the land use bylaws or the alphabet soups, whatever the fight is. That's the most important fight to that person in their lives. They are giving 100% of all of that. But if that doesn't stop nuclear war, is that the most important fight? And I think when you say that, and what I find very interesting about this thought process is let's say we get two responses. It does nothing. So once again, I'm going to tell people to pause, take the time, and text it. And Wayne's laughing at me, but I'm dead serious right now. Because when we all aligned, and I didn't, you know, I don't know if we knew it, but we did know it when it happened. I, I talk about this lots. When the Freedom Convoy started going, I didn't know what it was. Then you saw the first, like, three videos, and I was like, that is it. I showed up to my second protest ever, and I saw people there in Lloyd at the gas station, uh, you know, where they were leaving from. You were kind of nervous to go, but then you saw everybody, and you're kind of like, yeah, this is right. Like, I get this, and more people started to get it, and what happened? We all identified what had to change, and now uh, they'll try and muddle it into 18,000 different issues of COVID, but the lockdowns, the, the 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 freedom of choice, everything like that became the central issue. Everybody showed up in Ottawa for it. Correct. So if we can identify, Wayne, what exactly. people think is one or two, all of a sudden you're like, well, that community and more, because there's a ton of people that were like, yeah, yeah. And never showed up to Ottawa because they had jobs and work and everything else, which completely understandable. And some took time off and some got fired and some, you know, but if you can identify that right now and we could go out and solve it in the next month, wouldn't everybody feel better? Wouldn't, wouldn't it be like, oh yeah. And the, here's the thing. Here's what COVID did is it gave us the framework, you know, uh, um, here in Lloyd, we, we talk about Canadians for truth and some people are like, well, where has it been? Well, it's coming back. And all it is is a concerned citizen group. What Morley and Shane are doing in Wayne, it is the same thing. And there's people in all these different communities doing the same thing. And if we could identify the one thing, and in an hour and a half of 200 people sitting in a room with a couple of speakers can get to, I think this would work, and go try it, 
wouldn't this be the greatest experiment of all time to actually get to the bottom of things? I some days, Wayne, I'm like, what? Where? What are we doing? And maybe this won't work, and nobody will text me, and then then I'm gonna scold people the next time because I really hope people just blow the phone up, blow it up with your five things. Well, because- I mean, don't don't make don't make it uh, it can can you know stuck to the to this program. Let let let's let's schedule something uh you know with with a couple of others perhaps even uh, a month out, and let's all put it to our our let's let's pick take four people, four of us. And, and and do this. Put this out to our communities. What is your top five? And then come back and rehash it out. Because he, here's what I'm hoping comes out of this. You know, in, in the old days, and I'm I'm still pretty old school. I might be busy building my fence and uh, building a chicken coop, but uh, the neighbor comes by and says, uh, "All the neighbors are getting together uh, to build the barn over here, and we'll have that done in a day. And then we'll come over and we'll build your barn. Um, if we could do that." with the problems that we've got, man, we could start toppling them things over like dominoes, right? Uh, so this is, you know, I, I, in my hope that we can find some of these things in, in, in order to, 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 to create this, you know, uh, project, I, I guess, based not unity. I, I'm not a big fan of this unified word because typically uh, words have meaning and power. And when someone tells me, you've got to unify with us, uh, my brain is hearing. So you want me to put my chicken coop on the back burner and go in and uh, race your horse for you. Um, you know, uh, if, it's, if this isn't a community relationship that uh, we all get our problems solved, I'm not interested. If you're not interested in helping me, you only want me to help you. Um, that's that's not really the way community works, right? And, and so that's uh, uh, what I'm hoping that we can kind of, and that is that is our core Canadian identity. That is how Canada became such an amazing nation because it wasn't because we had unlimited manpower. Uh, it wasn't because we had, you know, the greatest weather and working conditions, uh, you know, in Canada. I mean, we built Canada in a place where it hurts to breathe nine months of the year. That doesn't come easy, right? But we're, 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 we're so... Uh, fractured in in our resources and uh, in our discussions that I, I'd like to see, you know, maybe this can can bring us back into not to dismiss or to be you know to to deprioritize anybody in what they're doing. I can be way more help to those people if we can help, you know. I and ultimately, and this is something that um, I, I, I has had some time to drive and I had uh, the opportunity to uh, have dinner last night with a mutual friend, Danny Hozak and his wife. I stopped out at the farm and had a wonderful dinner and I, and I left there thinking, and I think to me, what I see as the number one thing that we could do is unbind Canada from all of these non binding agreements. What would that look like? Because all of these non-binding agreements, if they're non-binding, let's get rid of them. Um, let's get rid of everything that they've implemented since then. And you know what? We rewind Canada back to a point where we can manage it like that. Well, I tell you what, I'm going to put this out on, I'm going to put this out on social media. I'm going to put the question out. What is, what is your, what is your top five? What are, what are the top five things you think are the most pressing to your community or your life or whatever and see what comes back. Uh, I'd be very curious what comes back. Cause 
you know, I, I personally, I don't even want to give my top five. I want to sit and actually think about this. And then I'm going to write it out before I, I, I get influenced by, by Wayne or anyone else. Because I'm, I'm like, I wonder what my top five are. I've never actually thought about it. I've always been running from problem to problem. That's the way this gets pulled on. It. You know, Sean, you got to talk about this. Sean, you got to talk about that. Sean, you got to talk about this. And I don't, uh, I don't want to say it that way that you think you're doing anything wrong. You're not. Like, I, I think there's certain things no. you need to know about. But at the same token, you know, uh, if we could have a little bit of focus, I mean... What when would I, that look I, like? I don't when know. I was, when I was a new firefighter, that was my job. I ran around putting out little fire, little fire, little fire. I'm no longer the junior firefighter. Now I'm the captain. And, and, and um, when you have limited resources, limited manpower, limited water, the methodology that you use to put that fire out is very, very, very different. Well, Wayne, oh, man, I, uh, so, you know, I'm a, I think I'm, I, I think, what is, what does Bob say? It's like a romantic, you know, I, I chuckle because I, I had a, uh, I called Wayne out of the blue, said, Hey, would you come on tomorrow? I, I was supposed to have a guest for Monday. They backed out last minute, not a big deal, but, uh, you know, like I, I me and Wayne had, had a chat after the SMP presents and, um, certainly, you know, uh, I was like, oh, I'll follow up with Wayne. I had somebody text me, say, you should have Wayne on again. I'm like, yeah, I should. And, uh, you know, so it just kind of stumbles. And then I walk in here thinking about like three things that I have written right beside me that I'm going to talk about. And instead I get a text and it just leads us down this path of like, where are we right now? And yet I sit here and I go, and isn't that the beauty? And um, I don't know if any of this works. Maybe in three months, me and you will both be saying, well, that didn't actually work. But to have a spontaneous idea such as this, I wonder where it leads. And, uh, either way, man, I appreciate you coming on and, and, uh, um, you know, playing around with my thought process and letting this go wherever it was going to go, you know, like, uh, welcome to the madness I've been saying, uh, lately because, uh, at the, I, I'm uh, sorry, folks, some days I got a plan and other days I just hold on for the ride. <laughs> I, I completely understand that. Uh, that's that holding on for the ride. That's, uh, basically what my life has been since I had my moment of surrender. And, uh, um, it's, uh, it's been, Ultimately, once the fear leaves, it has become the most incredible time of my life. I have had the, the blessings of meeting the best Canada has to offer uh, from coast to coast. We are everywhere. Um, I, I, there, my, my life is so polar opposite from anything I ever would have imagined. If anybody would have told me that in 2023, Wayne could drive anywhere in the country and people would put him up eagerly and talk his face off all night, I would have laughed and laughed and laughed. But here we are, right? And uh, um, I, I, I think that uh, my belief system says that God wins and the sooner we start doing uh, more of the things we should be doing in God's eyes and less of the things we shouldn't be doing, uh, the sooner we get to uh, God winning. <laughs> well, here, let, let me, let me ask you uh, one final question. I should uh, throw in the crude master final question. I'm going to, I've already done it uh, with you on the other. Uh, so I'm going to give a new one here, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. And it's, um, uh, who have you, because I mean, you got a uh, long-standing show, What's Up Canada. Um, what's one interview you've done in the last six months that the listeners 
either should go listen to or you think they should pay attention to what the guest is doing? Is there a name that pops to mind? Oh, uh, you know... Uh, I hate to narrow it on you like that, but uh, we can even shorten the time frame to three months if you want. I, I'm I'm curious. Really, it's it, it's everyone because uh, I take a slightly different format. Most people may not know this about me. I don't do a regular scheduled show because I don't want to be caught in that trap of having to have a guest, right? Mm. So for me, um, I do a show when I have something that needs to be heard, this person's story, whatever it is, um, that is the priority for me. So then I set up a show. So I don't have this uh, processed schedule of, of doing shows. And and, and um, I, I there was something that I made a conscious shift to uh, a couple of years ago because I, I, I found myself... I don't want to say getting lazy, but it got easy um, to, to get into that, that, that routine and habit. And, and had I been in that routine and habit, I probably may not have been as so motivated to track down the Byron bridles, uh, the peoples, because it was, I wasn't looking for them just to have a guest. I'm looking for the people that impact me the most and trying to share that. So um, there's, there's, there, there's a lot of them. I did though, in the, f- the, the the flavor of where we were supposed to go and start with this, I had pulled up and I shared a link with you in the, in the private chat here. Um, is where I learned about fifth gen warfare actual. So then what I'll do is I'll take that link and I'll put it in the show notes for the people. I'm copying that right now so that people can see it as well. If they want to, it's sitting in the show notes. A moment of context on that. Um, this man first brought the uh, not just the words fifth gen warfare, but he brought the context and uh, he brought the actual uh, understanding of the of the the actual fifth generation warfare that we're, is being waged upon us for uh, a, a while now. This man was um, Trump's uh, former national security advisor until the Obama regime uh, removed him. But uh, he has since passed. Um, I don't believe it was of natural origin. I believe that uh, there's extenuating factors in there, but I don't have any evidence of that. Um, Young, healthy men uh, like Rich don't just uh, think bad things just don't happen. But anyways, moot point. I believe personally he was taken out for his information and knowledge, uh, but this was was where um, I got my first taste of what real-world fifth generation warfare is and that interview although it's a little bit older um that was the one that changed my definition and understanding of what warfare is and that i think is a paramount point for people we think of warfare as storming the beaches of normandy uh you know uh, maybe vietnam uh those kinds of things warfare has evolved and we have been in the middle of world war three for some time now but we could not accurately define it. Rich does. You know, it's, um, okay. So there's something I'd add, talk to you about on the weekend. So I'm going to, I'm going to make sure I go take a, take a watch. Cause I've been fascinated by your thought process. On You're that. a book lover. Get his book. <laughs> well, yeah, yes. I was going to say, you know, the thing that struck me is you don't do a regular show because when you release it, you obviously if Wayne's releasing something, it's very, very, very important. And it's interesting. I've, I've had similar thoughts at times on this side, but I've adopted and it's, I don't know if 
Casey Neistat was the first guy. It was just the first guy for me that uh, saw his thought process and went, yeah, like I really resonate with that. And uh, what it was, was he did a, a short video on YouTube. Didn't matter how long or how short he ended up going on to like, I don't know what he's done now, but at the time the uh, pinnacle of a, was a, a Nike commercial where they gave him a budget. And instead of doing what they said, him and a buddy went and blew it right. up and filmed it yeah. and went across the world. And, and anyways, that became like this huge cult hit uh, commercial. His idea was I'm going to do uh, a video every single day for 365 days. And the thought process was, sure, some of them are going to be absolute crap. But if I think I can have a hit video once every three weeks, if I do it every single day now, you know, that short, you know, if it was one in one in seven, well, now instead of having one every whatever that is, 21 weeks, now I get how many I get, you know, one a week and it'll push me up and up and up and up. And, uh, that's the thought process I've had. And a little bit of consistency in my life has meant the world, uh, just to, to, I don't know if it's grounding or what it is, but it's been really important to me. And I don't know, I, I, but I, at the same time, I completely get your thought process because it's like Sean went from doing one a week. How easy is it to keep up on one a week? Really easy. I think it's really easy. If you do less, even less than that, and you go, just listen when I put it out because it's important. Then you know in your head if Wayne ever releases it and you're honest with your listeners, this is how it's going to go. They know to listen when you drop. And I can understand some people when they they talk to me like, how can I possibly keep up? You're doing like anywhere between four or five a week. And my thought process is different than Wayne's. My thought process is I want to get to the best of my ability and stumble on more things that I had no idea were sitting there. And when I stumble on it, then we're going to talk about it. We're going to try and narrow in. That was COVID. I mean, I've been thinking about it and took some some jump in. That has been religion or faith or whatever, because it's like it keeps popping up. I'm like, does a guy but, steer into this or not? Anyways, that's my thought process. But but really, uh, Sean, that's kind of ultimately what drove me to make that decision because um, I found that for uh, I, I don't do two minute videos or five minute videos. I do deep context stuff, and as the level of my quality of my work went up. I found there just wasn't enough of me. So if I wanted to do uh, the quality of work that I expect of myself and to do that five days a week, I need a team. And that just isn't, isn't possible. Uh, there is so much research and development that, that goes into it, to all of this stuff uh, that I, I had to consciously make a, make a decision. Do I want to be a breaking journalist or do I want to be a talking figurehead? Um, and if I'm going to do that, well, then there's the, if I want to live up to the expectation that I demand of myself, then I, then I need people because there's just no way to provide the context of such deep, uh, uh, reporting without having help to do that when you're doing everything else yourself too, right? Like we're, we're one man shows. Uh, most people have a hard time juggling one, two or three social media platforms. I can't speak for you, but I probably juggle about 30 and I don't know how many websites websites and other things too right so it's just a it's it's a 
it's a practicality and, and a pragmatism. So uh, to me, it was where do I lose the least in what I'm doing? Um, I, it didn't suit me to be owned by a clock. I don't have the the grounding or the need for the grounding that that you do. I don't have the family. I don't have those kinds of things. So for me, that was the the natural progression. And and people have, have figured that out. When Wayne's doing something, Pay they attention. go out of their way to find to, to find it. And and honestly, that has saved me because of the censorship. Um, it's if if you're there every day, it's easy to uh, be forgotten in the censorship. Uh, they just you just get lost, right? Uh, so I get censored less, and people um, tend to go and look to see if Wayne has done something new. Because if they don't, where want to well, let's get to that. Where if people want to find Wayne, where do they go? Uh, hey, that's kind of one of the other things uh, I've kind of spread out. What's up Canada.org is my ground zero for most everything that I do uh, for my own platform, but I work on other platforms and that are much bigger and bigger reach. Uh, you'll find some of that stuff on LGM.news where you'll find Sean's stuff as well. And I'm a, a weekly contributor to uh, an American outlet called Wendy Bell Network. And that, that's a special story. Uh, do you care to share or do you want me oh, to Oh, I thought you were I thought we were getting ready to get out of here. Uh, well, well we, we 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 are, but then you say, well, that's a special story and I'm like, oh, well, now you sucked me back in for a few minutes there, Wayne. Wendy Bell Radio Network, uh, based out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, Wendy herself has 21 Emmy Awards and dozens and dozens of journalistic awards. She told them all to go pound sand a number of years ago. And uh, I went and launched her own platforms two years ago. And uh, she is going to be literally replacing talk show morning radio across the continent very shortly. I can't elaborate on the special things behind that are going on there specifics, but we are incredibly fortunate to have her as a cornerstone platform on our uh, looking glass media platform because uh, people like Trump Wendy Bell is her daily news Trump looks at Wendy Bell that's what you're saying did I correct it right okay correct so every Monday he's seeing reports from Canada that's kind of special to us that has created a thirst and and uh, for knowledge and truth out of Canada that I cannot keep up with. People down there um, are, are realizing they've been duped by Mr. Lord Farquaad up here too, and they don't like that so much. They really don't like their backyard and what's going on up here. Ah, <laughs> oh, Shrek reference. I love it. <laughs> well, right? with the shoes fit, right? Um, but yeah, we've got very powerful people in the media down there that are not okay with what's going on up here in Canada and they're stepping out of their box to help. So, uh, kind of Lord, special Lord, I, Lord for a quad. I tell you what, that, that'll be the way to end a, end a podcast. Wayne, I appreciate it and, uh, look forward to, uh, when we, when we certainly cross paths again. And if you're ever this close to me, you're, you mentioned Danny Hozak's. You make sure to shoot me a text because I'd love to go for a coffee with you or what have you. Or just have you in studio. We could have done this, you know, face-to-face. That would have been uh, excellent. But either way, uh, look forward <laughs> I, uh, to see- I, I thought about it, but I'm already four days overdue for getting home because fair. I call people. <laughs> fair. That's fair. Totally fair. Next time I'm yours. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, Wayne. Uh, thanks for hopping on and, and doing this, uh, you know, on short notice and everything else. And we'll see what comes of people's texts and, and, uh, everything else.
I, I really, I, I, I'm going to put that out to a couple of other people that are that are highly active, and yeah, I, I cannot wait to compare some notes on this, and we'll set something up to do it, to to have a chat about it. Thanks, Wayne. Fantastic. Thanks, Sean. <laughs>